Church. It's so good to be with all of you this morning. As Pastor Shane said, my name is Troy, and uh, what a privilege it is. I hope you know that, that each time I get a chance to step on this stage and to speak and to be with you guys, share some thoughts and, and my heart, it is, it's a huge honor for me. And we're going to step into week four of Hey DJ today. But before I do that, I want to celebrate what happened last week. Who is here for our group's launch last week? Anybody? Anybody? For me, that's one of the highlights of my year, to be honest. When I walk out into the lobby and I see the table set up, see people interacting and engaging, and, and I know what a group has done for me in my life. Like this last week, both of the groups that I'm a part of, a men's group and a leadership group, we met this past week, and it was just so good to be around people again that I know have my back, that are praying for me, that are doing life with my family, and so it's so good. I encourage you today, if you didn't get a chance last week to sign up, for a group, get online, sign up. Uh, it's incredible to walk a journey in this life alongside people. God designed us for that. So get online, get onto our website, and sign up for a group today. It's gonna be so, so good. I just wanna celebrate to our group leaders. Who's a group leader here today? Lift your hands up, come on. Can we raise our voice, come on. Let's give some love to our group leaders. These are our heroes. These are our heroes. And so it's so great that we got people here at Resonate who love you and care about you enough to open their homes up and their hearts up and to love and to pastor and to do life with you. So incredible. And before we jump in today, I want to do one more thing. Is I want to celebrate somebody, and it's really a team that we oftentimes don't get to celebrate, and that's the custodial staff at Centennial Secondary School. Adil, come on. Come on to the top of the stairs. Can you look back? This is our friend, Adil. Come on, church. Lift up your voice. Come on. Come on. So good. Let me tell you, at 6.30 a.m. when I walk into this place and I see Adil smiling, he's always expecting for what we're doing. I just love that so much. And just so you know, this is a partnership between Resonate Church and Centennial Secondary School. We couldn't do this morning if it wasn't for the amazing custodial staff here. And so we love you, Adil. You're part of our family. You're part of this team. You're invited to the Dream Team Party. I'm inviting you right now to the Dream Team Party. Come on. You're coming. So good. But as Pastor Shane said, we're rolling into... Week number four of our Hey DJ series. And, and this is a significant series for us. We've had so much good feedback these last three weeks. And the reason is, is because we all have a track that's playing in our minds, don't we? And oftentimes it's the same track day over day, week over week, sometimes month over month, and year over year. And what we're trying to do in these weeks is we're saying, you know what, in 2019, I want to change the track. I don't want the track from 2018. Is I want to look to the Lord and say, God, where is it in your word that we can change the track that's spinning in our minds for 2019? There's a theme verse that we've got for this series, and I love this. Paul in 2 Corinthians, he says this to the church in Corinth, take every thought captive to obey Christ. That's every thought captive. That's not just a couple thoughts, a few thoughts here and there. That's every thought captive to obey Christ. And so this week I was thinking about that. I was, I was thinking about the picture of how, how aggressive do we need to be on these thoughts in our minds, like in our thought life. What, what type of intensity do we need to take with our thought life in 2019? And I don't know if you're a Super Bowl fan. Come on, Super Bowl Sunday today. Anybody? Will? Come on. And so I was thinking this week, and I was reminded of a Super Bowl commercial that I absolutely love. 
And so what I want us to do is I want us to take a cue from my good friend Terry Tate today in how we need to be approaching the thoughts in our mind that, are, that shouldn't be there today. I want you to look, and while you're watching this video, think about how Terry Tate deals with the office environment. That's what we need to be doing with the thoughts that shouldn't be in our minds in 2019. Let's watch the video. When we asked Reebok to send us Terry Tate, some people thought we were crazy. But I'm a firm believer in paradigm breaking, outside the box thinking. Hey, buddy. Break was over 15 minutes ago, Mitch! And since Terry's been with us, our productivity has gone up 46%. We're getting more from our employees than ever before. You know you need a cover sheet on your TPS reports, Richard! That ain't new, baby! Hey, Terry. Hey, Janice. But what's really impressed me is how Terry's become part of the Felcher family. He fits right in here. That's a long distance call, Doug! To be honest, I wish Reebok sent us 10 Terry Tates. You wanna play games, Gene? Well, when it's game time, it's pain time, baby! Come on, can you, you get the picture in your minds, right? How we're gonna deal with these thoughts. And I love Pastor Shane. Week one, we came right out of the gate dealing with thoughts of fear. Or fear in life. Remember he had all those guys walking around stage acting his, his thoughts and he lined them all up and he said, you can come in, this thought can come in, and this thought can come in. He talked about setting a guard on our minds. And then week number two, he talked about discluttering our minds. We've got so much going on these days in our minds and, and that this isn't about behavior modification. This isn't about just changing some things that we do. It's actually about a right mindset first that then leads to our behaviors. And then last Sunday, doubt and discouragement. How do we work through those thoughts? And I encourage you, if you miss any of those last three weeks, jump on to our website, get onto our YouTube channel and catch up on those weeks. But this morning, what I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about a track that spins in many of our minds. And that's the soundtrack of jealousy and dissatisfaction. Come on, church, you know these thoughts. These thoughts are real thoughts that we think. It's rampant in our society. This longing for something more and this striving for what we don't have, needing more and more and more and more in our lives. What's so interesting about jealousy and dissatisfaction is something that we often don't talk about or like to admit to, right? Like the first week, fear. You know, for me, I'm like, yeah, I get it. I'll admit to that. There's some times that I'm afraid, no problem at all. And, and my mind being cluttered with thoughts, absolutely, happens all the time. And doubt and discouragement, no problem. I'll admit that. But, but jealousy and, and a deep dissatisfaction for your life, like no, no one's sitting in their small group and raises their hand and say, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with jealousy this week. I'm struggling with dissatisfaction, right? Yet we're all sitting there dealing with it. And I think that oftentimes it's those deepest, darkest things that we hold in our hearts and in our minds that are most crippling to us, the ones that we don't want to admit. And these topics can be tough to talk about, even tough to preach on. But what we decided in 2019 as a church, is we made a decision that we were going to start the year off not steering away or shying away from the difficult conversations. We were going to lean in to these conversations, right? We weren't going to move away from the pain. Is we were going to press into the pain. And why are we going to do that? Is because I don't want the track from 2019, those harmful thoughts, the jealousy, the dissatisfaction in my life playing out in 2019. Are you with me today? 
Are you with me? Turn to the person next to you and say, hey, DJ. You say it a little bit louder than that. Come on. Hey, DJ. Come on. Then turn to the person on the other side of you who is your second choice and say, it's time to change the track. Come on. We need to change that track today. Hey, how many of you remember what was trending in fashion in your grade seven year of school? Anybody? A couple laughs already. Grade seven, what was trending in fashion? What was cool in your grade seven class? You know, for me, there's a guy named Steve. And Steve's his real name. Like, I didn't make up that name just for the story. His name was Steve. And he was always a few steps ahead of us when it came to fashion. Like, he was the first guy in our class. He wore baggy jeans that had the frayed bottoms on them, right? And so many of us, like, we had a lot, we lost a lot of pairs of jeans trying to fray the bottoms like Steve. You know, he had these big baggy coats. He wore these plaid Dickies jackets. And, and a lot of us in grade seven, we, we wanted, secretly, we kind of wanted to be Steve. He was always, but he was cool. Like, he, he was the guy, he was the man. He was a little bit of a bad boy, good at sports, good with the ladies. He had a grade seven, he had a cute girlfriend. Like, who's got girlfriends in grade seven? This guy had a girlfriend. And my mom, bless her heart, my mom, she tried so hard to help us keep up, right? She's buying my clothes in grade seven, and she's taking cues from us, but, but she didn't always get it right, right? Like, you know, sometimes she missed the mark, and it wasn't her fault, but you remember those track pants? Like those tearaway track pants with the buttons all the way down the side? You know the pant, right? Now, grade seven, these things were new. Like these things were hot. But the whole point of the pant was that with the high-end pants, like the, the Adidas and the Nikes, that they're like a quick-release button, right? So the whole goal was like the, the effect was that you run out onto the basketball court and it's one pull, bam, and those things are off, right? They fly off. People are like, oh, my gosh, right? You fly off, throw them away. But my mom... She didn't know this, right? So she bought us the off-brand tearaways, right? And so there's me for the first time running onto the basketball court, going to tear them away, and it's one of these. It's like, <laughs> and you're, everyone's already playing basketball, and you're working. You're finally just like, you're just unclipping the bottom and slowly stepping out of them, right? So Ma, she just didn't always get it right. But I got over the track pants thing. I got over that. But there was something I wanted way more than the right track pants, and those were Umbro shorts and Airwalk shoes. Can I get a witness? Anybody here? Umbro shorts and Airwalk shoes. Thank you in the back. So Steve wore, he had multiple colors of these Umbro shorts. And he had these cool black Airwalk shoes. And I wanted these things so bad. Like my little grade seven mind, I couldn't stop thinking about these things. For some reason, these shorts and these shoes were like this status symbol that one day if I could get these items, that I'd be the man, I'd get the girlfriend. I, I reeled over these things and finally one day, mom comes along and she buys me these Airwalk shoes. And I'm a basketball player and, and I put these things on and they're flat bottomed and they're heavy, they're thick rubber on the bottom. Like these things were not like our new school skate shoes. They're old school, big floppy skate shoes. I look like big water skis is what I look like I was wearing with these big shoes. But I got over that too. I'm like, you know what? This is, if this is cool, I'm gonna wear these. But really, it was the shorts that I wanted. And mom bought me these black Umbro shorts. And I'm pulling them on for the first time. And what my little grade seven mind didn't think about was that these were soccer shorts. And as I pulled them on, I'm used to long shorts. Like God gifted me in grade seven, like he gifted me today, with legs that are kind of like, they're kind of just like long skinny tubes. Like my quads are the same size as my calves all the way down. So I'm pulling these shorts on for the first time and they're getting way, way above the knee. 
And all this time, I've been longing for this get-up, like longing for these things. And I show up to the first day of school after that. I walk onto that playground looking like a flamingo in Daisy Dukes. And it sounds ridiculous, right? Like, why would I be reeling about these such, such stupid things like shorts and shoes? But maybe today it's not umbro shorts and airwalk shoes. Maybe today it's the size of your paycheck or the car that you drive or the car that you wish that you drive. Maybe it's not shorts and shoes, but maybe it's the size of the home that you have, the square footage, whether you can purchase a home, or maybe you have to rent a home, or the vacations that you want to take, or thought you could take, or hope one day you can take. See, these thoughts of jealousy and dissatisfaction, they are rampant in our culture. And so today what I want to do is I want to unpack one truth about jealousy and dissatisfaction, and also debunk one cultural myth that we have about these things. The first thing I want to do is I want to look at a truth about jealousy and dissatisfaction. And that truth is this, is that jealousy and dissatisfaction in our minds, when we get caught up playing the tape over and over again, is actually an attack of the devil on your mind. Like, these aren't thoughts that we just come up with from time to time because life is hard, uh, because people have things that we want. There's a strategic lie a deep-rooted lie of the enemy that he places these thoughts in your mind. He wants to take you out. He wants to cripple you with these thoughts or this lie that if I can just get that thing or if I can just get X, Y, and Z and search after and seek after these things, that I'll find happiness and contentment and fulfillment. And why would the devil do that? Why would he do that this morning? Here's what I believe to be so, so true for us is that God made you in his image. He made you. He didn't make a mistake. It says that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. He knit you in your mother's womb. He gave you gifts and talents and abilities and passions. But if the devil can come along, and if he can get us to take our eyes off our creator, right, who made you with significance, every single detail in your life, you were created with significance. But if he can take our eyes off of the creator, off of God, and get us thinking and striving for and longing for significance in any other way on earth, is he can cripple us, right, into these thoughts of dissatisfaction, of jealousy. And really, if the devil can keep us dissatisfied, is he can keep us distracted, from all the things that God has called you to do in your life, to build his kingdom, to see people, to love people. If the enemy can keep you dissatisfied, he's going to keep you distracted. So what does the word of God say about this? James, the brother of Jesus, he writes this in James fourteen sixteen. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes from above, but is, get this, earthly, unspiritual. He goes as far as to say it's demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. See, James knew this is an actual evil attack on our minds. This isn't just your own thoughts. This is the devil strategically working to get you stuck in that soundtrack time and time and year and year over year. What does Solomon have to say about this in Proverbs? Pastor Shane talked about Solomon, right, and, and how wise he was. In all of his wisdom, here's what Solomon said. 
Proverbs 14.30. He says, A calm and undisturbed mind and heart are the life and the health of, bone, of, our, of our body, but envy, jealousy, and wrath are like rottenness of the bones. See how deep he goes into describing what jealousy does to us in our hearts, in our minds. Guys, these aren't, this isn't flesh wounds. Like these aren't little things we just slap a band-aid on and continue on with our life. This is an attack on the very core of who we are, our foundation, our strength. We need, to, we need to look at jealousy and the dissatisfaction in our life as that. It's an attack. And there's something, there's a trigger that we have in our lives in modern day 2019 that I believe is one of the biggest modern day triggers of these thoughts in us. And that's social media. You know, we beat up on social media from time to time, but actually as a church, we like social media. We've got Instagram accounts as a church. We've got Facebook accounts where we love on people and encourage people and celebrate people. But this is the problem. This is something we need to be very, very cautious of, is that what we think to be just a harmless flip through our social media, we say things like, I just want to turn my brain off, right? I just want to turn my brain off. I just want to relax for a few moments. And what we do is we grab our phone and we start flipping through. And every image, either consciously or self-consciously, is telling us that you don't have enough. And you should have what somebody else has. And that vacation that somebody else is on, you need that vacation, and then it goes from actually these thoughts of what we want so bad to these feelings of like, of I'm not enough. So there's an attack of the enemy on our lives through social media, through our thoughts. That's the first thing. But there's also a myth about jealousy and dissatisfaction that I want to debunk today. And that's this. And that's the myth that dissatisfaction can be used as a positive motivator in our lives. Maybe you're here today and you're like, no, 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 pastor. Like, the dissatisfaction that I feel in my heart, it actually motivates me to be better and to shoot for excellence and to strive more. And there's an author that I love. His name's Brandon Bouchard. Some of you will be familiar with his work. He wrote a book called High Performance Habits. And in his book, he tackles this, this thought about dissatisfaction and being satisfied. Now, Brandon Bouchard, he's an executive coach. He coaches high-level leaders, athletes, Anyone leading at a high level, this guy coaches. And he doesn't just coach, and he does research on how do these people become high performers. But not just how they become high performers, but how do they also experience joy and peace and fulfillment in their life while they perform at a high level. Here's what he says in his book, High Performance Habits. He says, there's a long-standing myth, cultural sensibility, that says we should never be satisfied with our work. Because satisfaction would somehow lead to complacency. If you're a business leader here today, you'll get that straight away, right? If you're going to thrive in business, we can't have complacency. But it goes way further than that into our family life, and into our parenting, into our marriages, right? We don't want to be complacent in these things, right? But here's what he goes on to say. Seeking excellence and experiencing satisfaction are not mutually exclusive. Being satisfied then doesn't mean settling. It simply means accepting and taking pleasure in what is and allowing yourself to feel contentment. This is a non-Christian author writing about what his studies and what his findings show. He goes on to say this. He finishes by saying, those who are never satisfied are never at peace. I mean, this guy is preaching in this book. And here's what Paul says in Romans 14, 19. He backs this up by saying, so then let us pursue what makes for peace 
and for what's mutually upbuilding. See, what we've done, this cultural myth that we've lived under, some of us have lived under, is that dissatisfaction is an excuse and a fuel to go after and our desire for more. And it's just not true. Studies show that it's not true. And if we look deep down inside of our hearts at the dissatisfaction that we feel, we know that it produces a chaos in our minds. And that there's the peace of God that he wants us so badly to have in our minds that it's not available if we've got that chaos roaming around. So what do we do about this? What do we do? Like, what do we do with this attack of the enemy on our lives? What do we do about these thoughts of jealousy and dissatisfaction that year over year are plaguing us? Well, I believe that there's two things that we need to do. And first of all, we've identified this as an attack of the enemy in our lives. And how we're going to go to war and get back at the enemy is we're going to do one thing. Is we are going to take our eyes off of ourselves and we're going to look at somebody else. We are going to celebrate other people. Celebrate others. You're taking notes today. Celebrate others. Here's what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 2 verse 3. He says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you not look only at his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And I love this. Having this mind among us. Resonate Church, can we have this mind among us that is ours in Christ Jesus. There's a recent Harvard study that I was reading this past week, back in 2016, and they took 70,000 women, and I don't know why it was just women and not men, but they took 70,000 women, and they, they tracked them over a number of years, and what they were tracking was levels of optimism in them. More specifically, how they celebrated other people, how they encouraged other people, how they looked outside of themselves and loved on other people. And what they found over the course of those years is that their levels of optimism went way, way up. And their findings showed that that was directly related to their health and how that certain diseases, their risk factors, went way, way down when levels of optimism were high. And we know those things. Like as studies show and we research more and more is that our thought life is connected to our bodies and connected to our health, right? And their studies show it wasn't just the health, but it was, it was directly related to satisfaction and to fulfillment in life and to willpower. And I love that as we research deeper and deeper into our bodies and into our minds, it just points us back to the truth of God's Word, right? It points us back to the things that have been written in His words for us in our life. But this isn't something you just start doing tomorrow. You don't just wake up on Monday morning and start celebrating other people. This is actually a decision that you have to make ahead of time. Like it's, an, it's an intentional decision you make. It's actually a discipline to celebrate other people. And this last, these last couple weeks, Pastor Rachel, who's not here today, and my wife, Rachel, the two Rachels, I know it's confusing. They put on an absolute clinic this past week on how you celebrate other people. Pastor Rachel, she's in the hospital with Wyland, right? Chaos in the Johnson home these last few weeks. And I see her on Instagram, and she's celebrating people. And she's cheering people on. And she's encouraging other people in her pain. Then there's my Rachel, the last couple weeks in our family, dealing with loss and dealing with pain. And I see my Rachel, she's making space for other women. She's encouraging other women. She's celebrating other women. See, they didn't just decide in the moment that they were going to do this. No, no, no. Long time ago, 
they decided in their hearts that regardless of what I'm going through, regardless of what's happening in my life right now, is I'm going to celebrate people. And let me tell you, church, this is how we're going to take back ground from the enemy. With these thoughts of jealousy and dissatisfaction that are rampant in our culture and rampant in our own minds, my prayer for us in 2019 is that both individually and as a church that we would just celebrate other people. And not when it's it's just right out in front of us and easy to do, but let's get creative on how we celebrate others. And let's take back the ground the devil has tried to take in our thought life. So we're going to go ahead and celebrate others. That's something tangibly you can take away and go do. But what I believe God wants for us today is not something to necessarily go and do, but he also wants something for us today. It's hard to even wrap my mind around this. As I was studying scripture and in prayer this week, I, it's hard to even imagine what this would be like. But what God wants so desperately for you is for you to live satisfied. He wants you to live satisfied. And it's possible because we've chased everything else, haven't we? Like we've chased it all. We've tried it all. In this room, everything is accounted for that we've chased after. God wants us to live a satisfied life. What does his word say about this? Jesus himself said this in Matthew 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For what? For they will be satisfied. This is a promise to us today that if we put God's kingdom first, remove those distractions from our life, put his kingdom first, that we can actually be satisfied. The prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament, he was encouraging the people of Israel in Isaiah 58, 11. He says this, he says, and the Lord will guide you continually. I love this visual picture. He'll guide you continually and satisfy your desire in the scorched places, in the difficult times in your life. He will guide you and make your bones strong. Remember what Solomon said, about how jealousy attacks and rots our bones. Well, if we're being guided by the Lord continually and He allow Him to satisfy our desires, He will make our bones strong. And one of my new favorite passages of Scripture, a Scripture for our church, really for our generation, is found in Proverbs 19, 23. It says this, The fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has it rests satisfied. Church, what if the soundtrack for you in 2019 was the soundtrack of satisfied? Not in anything that you've done or could do or attain, but only by the grace and the love and the presence of God working in your life. Come on, church, we can change the track from 2018 into 2019 by letting the love of God wash over us today, putting his kingdom first. Would you stand with me this morning? As you're standing, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Because I believe that there's somebody here today, many of us here, who whether we like to admit it or not, we struggle with jealousy. We struggle with feelings of dissatisfaction, discontentment in our hearts. It's chaos. We're distracted from the things that God, what we want to do with our lives and year over year over year. 
these thoughts plague us. I believe right now in the presence of God that there can be freedom from those thoughts in Jesus' name. So God, right now what we do is we lay our thought life before you, God. We place it at your feet and we pick up your kingdom. We pick up your thoughts right now, God. We ask for healing in Jesus' name over those who struggle with jealousy, who struggle with dissatisfaction in their life, God. We wanna live a life that is satisfied in you alone. It's a promise you've given us, God. We can live a satisfied life, God. I pray that in this coming year, that you would break these chains off of our life. Help us celebrate other people. Help us to open our hearts, God, to experience the, your love. God, if we could just get a taste of your love, this all goes away. Thank you for your love for us, God. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing even right now in hearts and in minds here. Maybe you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you're far from God and you're saying, you know what? I'm far from God. How do, I, how do I get there? I want a relationship with God, but how do I do that? Well, today I want to give you an opportunity in just a moment to make a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you're here today and once you were close to God and now you're a long, long ways away. You've made some decisions in your life and you find yourself far from God. In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to just raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to bring you to the front or do anything like that at all. What I want you to have a, is a moment with God to say, God, I choose you today. If that's you and you want to invite Jesus into your life today, would you just slip your hand up all over the room? Just slip that hand up. Let me see it just quickly. Thank you, God. Thank you, God so good. Thank you, God. President Church, would you help me pray this prayer today with those who raised your hands? Maybe you wanted to today, but you did. Would you pray this prayer together with me in faith? Would you say, Dear Jesus, today I give you my life, my full surrender. God, I choose to follow you. I believe that you died and that you rose again to forgive my sins, past, present, and future. God, today I give you my life. Thank you that there's freedom in you. Thank you that there is peace in you. I love you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. Come on, church. Can we live our voices today and celebrate? Oh!